In Luke 7, 44 through 46, there is a popular story that we've read many times and we refer to it as the scripture or the story of Mary worshiping Jesus. This story is told in other places in the Bible, like in John and, and Luke 10. It's, there's different renditions of this story. But in this podcast, I'm going to focus on the character of Simon. There are other characters there. There's Mary, Martha, the brother, Lazarus, and there's Jesus. And there's a whole room full of people. But we're going to focus on Simon. Few people will talk about Simon because they see Mary and the Martha relationship as being more important. But Simon, he is a Pharisee. And Pharisees shared some sympathy with Jesus. They had fewer issues with Jesus than other groups of people. They actually showed kindness to Jesus. And Simon, he was the head of his household. He opened the doors to the community. He offered them food and comfort. He knew it was going to be controversial, and he knew they would enjoy that. He also possibly sent Martha out to find Jesus to make sure he was coming. Simon appears to have passion for humanity, and the people less fortunate than himself he cared about. It looks to me that he was serious about Yahweh. The group of people in his home, they were multicultural. There was a mixture of men, women, religions. There were Gentiles who wanted to be religious. They called them God-fearers. They were the ones who believed in God and wanted to be Jewish. There were rich people. There were poor. There were those who were sick. And of course, there was Lazarus who was healed. All who wanted to see Jesus, they were allowed to come in. Simon wanted them to. But Simon also, he could have had musicians playing and dancers dancing and storytellers and orators speaking out the mysteries of God. He could have invited those people in. And why do I say that? Because during that time in Herod's temple, Herod had musicians and dancers and people telling the stories outside on the steps that led into Herod's temple. He was mimicking Solomon's temple in the first century. People knew those guys. They knew they were there. They understood what they were doing. Now, it doesn't say that Simon invited them in, and it doesn't. So I'm just saying this in an implication, implying that if they were there, the story would have been similar. When Jesus speaks to Simon, Simon calls him rabbi. He calls him teacher. He doesn't use the word kurios, Master, Lord, and King. Simon does not recognize Jesus as that. He doesn't know really who Jesus is, not yet anyway. Because of that, it's possible that he doesn't do what is expected of him. He does something outside of his character, something you wouldn't think he would do. He forgets his cultural heritage. What I mean by that is when Jesus walks into his house, Simon doesn't follow the Torah. He doesn't offer water. He doesn't have the water ready. And water represented foot washing. It had a particularly significant purpose in the synagogue. And Simon would have known that. In Genesis 18.4, it talks about Abraham and God having interaction and how at that moment, they brought water to wash feet. 
and to rest themselves. It was very common and cultural. In the Torah, the priests are required to wash their hands and feet before they enter the holy place, before they go to the tabernacle of offering, that sacrifice place. He would have known the scriptures of Moses and Exodus, and he would also have known the scriptures of 1 Kings and 2 Chronicles. He would have known all the history behind the water and washing. He would also have understood the concept of the oil. The oil and the anointing, it's also found in the Ugritic text. It's the oldest reference to anointing oil. Anointing with oil was traditional among Hebrews. It was a practice of welcoming someone to their home. Simon would not have missed that. It also represented the anointing of kings. In the anointing of kings, the whole head was covered with oil, and it was in the shape of a wreath. Like Jesus, he had put the crown of thorns on his head. That anointing oil represented that crown. Now, Simon wouldn't have known that, but he would have known that the oil represented the crown of a king. But he didn't see Jesus as king. In the Old Testament, as a deliverer, there is a promise under the title of Messiah, the spiritual anointing. He didn't see Jesus as the Messiah. Thus, he couldn't anoint him with understanding, thinking he was he wouldn't know what to do with Psalms 2.2 or Daniel 9.25. But there is something he would have thought of, and that was Isaiah 21.5, which talks about the phrase of the spiritual warfare aspect of anointing someone, rubbing the oil into the leather of the soldier's shield so it would be agile and be prepared for war. He would have known that. The last thing and probably the most important in this verse is the word kiss. According to the Torah, a kiss is more than just a greeting. It represents loyalty. And in the book of Exodus, God instructs Aaron to work with Moses to free the Israelites. And Aaron greets Moses with a kiss of loyalty. The kissing reference in the Torah, it's accompanied with weeping. Genesis 45:15 says he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. This reference was to Joseph reuniting with his brothers after years of separation. The kiss and the tears represented Joseph's forgiveness. Like the kiss, weeping is an extreme emotion that expresses intimacy. That's what Jesus was looking for. The water and the oil and the kiss would have been so common that Simon would have known it and thought about it and prepared for it. But Simon does not offer this gesture to Jesus, but he offers it to all of the others who walk through his front door. Did he just forget or did he do it intentionally? Could Simon, so overwhelmed by the miracle and the social interactions and public recognition, could he forget all of his cultural traditions? Could he forget the years of studying, the preparation for ministry? All the other times he opened his doors to have a meeting, to spend time with God, he did those things, except when Jesus walked in the door. And Jesus says, when I came into your house... The house you own, the house you open the doors, the house that you invite all the people into. When I came into that house, you did not give me water for my feet. 
and you did not give me a kiss, and you did not give me oil for my head. Even after Jesus reminds Simon, he doesn't respond. I think he would have been in his mind somewhat panicking. He's probably rehearsing what he's going to say, remembering all these verses and all of the Torah and all of the traditions that Jesus knows he understands. But those standing in the house, they were listening. The Jewish leaders, the friends, and the family of Lazarus, the rich people, and the poor ones. Simon does not lead them to the feet of Jesus. He leads them away. Judging the one who is offering the water, the oil, and the kiss, he judges Mary. If the musicians of Herod's temple, performing their songs, dancing their dances, telling their stories and all the things they did, if they would have been in Simon's home that day, they would have mimicked Simon, the one who opened the doors, invited them to see Lazarus, the religious man. They would have done what he was doing. The one who forgot the requirements, the one refusing to respond to Jesus. For a moment, The focus wasn't on Mary and Martha. And when I speak about Mary and Martha, I refer to them as the two pillars that stood outside Solomon's temple. They were called strength and stability. Mary and Martha were noted in other stories. And sometimes when they're noted together, the word also, the Greek word chi is used. It meant that they sat together at the feet of Jesus. So it wasn't about those two. And it wasn't about the spirit and truth that God is looking for in a worshiper. He wasn't talking about a person who could describe the elements of worship. And it wasn't about the musicians in the temple who are so enamored with social status and recognition that they forget to bring the water and the oil and a kiss as they stand on the steps and lead that leads to the altar of worship. It wasn't about them. This moment was about the leader of the house, the man, the one all went to for direction and spiritual understanding and guidance. Simon, the one who owned the house, who had the burden for the house and a burden for the people and for the work of that ministry. Simon understood clearly what Jesus was asking for, yet he did not bring the water, the oil, or the kiss. And the reason why this is so important to me is because I'm not Mary and I'm not Martha. I'm one of the men who opens their house. I'm one of the leaders. I'm one of those who says, come to my house, let's worship Jesus. Come to my house, let's talk about Jesus. This building is for you. Let's gather here. I have to be willing to prepare the water and the oil and prepare the kiss. I have to tell people that it's ready, that it's there, and I have to open that door. And when Jesus walks into my home, I have to offer that. I have to be the first one. If I'm going to lead them in spiritual truth, if I'm going to take them to places and show them the wonderful works of God, I also have to take them to the place of worship. I have to talk to the musicians and say, 
Did you bring the water this morning? Are you ready to wash the feet of Jesus? Are you ready to take the oil of anointing and put that crown on Jesus' head? And are you ready to kiss him with emotions and intimacy? Are you ready to worship God God's way? 